following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We knew this was a great defense, one of the best defenses there is, tremendous rushers. And, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we still had a chance to kick a field goal to take the lead in the fourth quarter and just weren't able to make the plays down the stretch uh, to get it done. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Second to the last Panther talk of the 2021 campaign. Mick Mixon here, Jim Zoki right there, Eugene Robinson right there. In the house. And Coach Matt Rule joins us live on the telephone. Coach, you sounded pretty upbeat today when you talked to the press corps at lunchtime about your team's effort at New Orleans. What did you see that encourages you? Well, I thought we had a team last week, um, you know, that, that, that prepared at a high level. You know, a lot of young guys had to step into roles with guys down with COVID. Uh, you know, I kind of had like a baseball lineup card, you know, just sort of scratching guys off, moving guys in, putting guys back in, you know, so it was just a unique week. And I thought that, you know, we went there, went to a packed uh, Superdome Stadium, and um, the guys competed and played hard. You know, obviously we're, 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 you know, unbelievably disappointed that we didn't come away with the win. Um, but, uh, uh, I thought, I thought our guys, uh, played the game the right way. And, um, you know, to see a lot of young players out there doing some good things, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can put together this week. And as we get ready to go play Tampa coach on the opening, you, you mentioned on the opening about making plays down the stretch. We weren't able to make a lot of plays down the stretch. Uh, what plays that may have stood out to you that you wish that you had back to go ahead and make those plays down the stretch? You know, it's always hard. You hate you hate to you hate to call a play out here or there, but you know, obviously we had a chance, you know, for a long time there in the third quarter, we played, you know, kind of backed up and we had a chance to pick a ball off and, and dropped it and uh, uh, you know, big second down drop. Um, you know, unfortunately on the second to last drive. Um, getting ready to kick the field goal, you know, we threw a little three step pass and uh, would have had uh, Ian wide open, but unfortunately he tripped over a, a blitzer's uh, feet and Sam turned and fired the ball to, to DJ. It was really a really nice job, but you know, uh, just, just some of those plays that when you look at them, you know, as you know, Eugene, the game always comes down to two, three, four plays. You never know where they're going to come. And uh, in that game, we made a lot of plays to stay in the game, but uh, all the way down to that missed field goal, um, just weren't able to make the play to, to go win the game. Of course, trying to win these games and also uh, see some of your, your younger players moving forward and what you got and opportunities for them. And you talked today about Brady Christensen. He said you view him as a starter, you know, moving forward. Just not sure exactly what position that might be. What What are some of the things you've seen Brady as his rookie season comes to an end that he's kind of grown into? Well, he he, he knows what it means to be a pro. He prepares at a high level. He plays hard. Um, uh, he's got good feet, good athleticism. He's got the quickness to play tackle. Um, you know, working on handling those big power rushers. But uh, I thought for the most part. He did a lot of good things uh, yesterday, and um, you know, I thought I thought when you flip it around and look at our defensive line guys like Derek Brown, Etor Gross, Matos, uh, some of those guys played their best football. And I thought uh, Frankie Louvu played probably his best game here as a Panther. So you see a lot of those guys. Um, you know, they've practiced hard, they've, they've grinded through the season, get to the end of the season, and um, you see the development happening. And, and so Brady, it's only his first year, but um, I think we'll just continue to continue to see him trending upward. 
Stay on that O-line for a second, Coach, if you will. The, you mentioned Deontay Brown uh, today as well. How do you go about – what kind of prospect do you view him as, and how do you go about trying to integrate him into things? Well, you know, Deontay is a guy that, that, that we drafted, you know, had, had to lose some weight, had an injury in the middle of the year. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's coming along. He's developing. He's a big, powerful man. He's smart. Um, you know, will he have an opportunity to play this week? I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, he's someone that, you know, we, we believe ever since we had him at the Senior Bowl has a chance. And um, uh, he's worked. He's waited for his opportunity, kind of like Brady. And, and, and uh, when it comes, uh, I, I hope he'll make the most of it. Coach, when McCaffrey went down, uh, one guy who stepped in the mix was uh, Tuba Hubbard. But there's another guy who I think who stepped in the mix, too, who's, who's been doing an outstanding job. Can you comment on the job that Abdullah has been doing, sir? Well, I, I think he's uh, he's 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 been a vital part of this team, from his returns to you know catching the ball out of the backfield to running the football. I thought he had some uh, really nice explosive plays at times in the game. Uh, he brings a maturity, a preparation, a confidence level that I really appreciate. Um, I think it was a great pickup in the middle of the season, and uh, you know he's 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 been nothing but you know uh, a surprise, not, not even a surprise, but a. Uh, someone that we're happy to have. Is he a quiet leader, Coach? What type of uh, leadership? Because his the volume of his play speaks so loudly. So what type of player is he and uh, that, that has been a, a, an addition to your team? Well, I think I think he, he's really good in that young running back room. You know, we had Spencer Brown play his, you know, be, be available for his first game, you know, as a COVID elevation. We had, obviously, Chu as a rookie. Uh, I think when you go into the special teams rooms, I think Amir, um, as you said, leads not only with his play, but also with his preparation and the way he goes about things. But but he's also a vocal guy. He's also a guy that does you know speak truth to people, and I think that always helps young guys when you see a guy who's played for seven years take the time to try to help you. Defensively, I think at halftime they had negative four rushing yards going into the locker room at halftime. You already mentioned some of the players like Derek Brown and Frankie Louvu, some key guys that were a part of that schematically and in the the flow of the game, what were, what were some of the things that were working that really limit Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, and that kind of an offense that, that a little bit of rushing for most of the game? Yeah, I think we finished with like 73 yards. You know, some of those were quarterback, you know, pulling the ball down and running. Unfortunately, they had that last run. Um, you know, just just one guy got out of his gap and the ball split. But I thought our guys were committed to, to playing a physical defense, physical run defense, you know, we did a lot of the same things that we do. There wasn't a lot of change to, to our scheme. You know, Phil brought a lot of pressure, uh, but guys went ahead and made the plays. They made plays in the backfield, tackles for loss. Um, it was uh, it was good to see us play the run the way that we did. Coach Matt Rule on Panther Talk with us live here on the show. Mick Mixon, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. Coach Rule, how did Sam Darnold grade out? Well, Sam, like 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 the rest of our team, had some really good things that he did. Some big time throws, some tight throws into man coverage, some good decisions. There were also, you know, obviously, any time that you, you know give up the ball, you know, it's, it's not going to be good enough. Uh, there were some missed opportunities that maybe we could have had. Um, but for what we asked him to do, you know, knowing that we knew that he was going to have, uh, you know, a, a lot of pass rush, a lot of blitz coming at him, like we've had the last couple weeks. I thought he did some good things and and something that he can build off of. Coach, this team. Was you guys were evenly matched? Is there any stat that sticks out to you, whether it's third down, fourth down efficiency, uh, sacks, penalties, anything that sticks out to you? you said, man, if we could have done this just a little bit better. 
Yeah, I mean, really, it sounds crazy. You know, we, we keep track with our guys what we call the middle eight, like the last four minutes of the second half and the first four minutes of the last four minutes of the, of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third quarter. It's really a time where you could steal a possession and that 95-yard, you know, drive to kick a field goal, whatever it was for them. And then, uh, you know, they scored six points in the fourth quarter. So those, you know, those end of half and end of game situations, you know, came back to, to hurt us and, and then obviously, you know, the, you know, as we talked about the, 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 the pressure on the quarterback, you know, they, they did, we had two sacks, but they had seven sacks. And, um, you know, that's uh, really when you look at us, when, when we're able to protect the quarterback and the quarterback can be in rhythm, um, you know, we, we've been able to be pretty efficient. Uh, some of these games lately, we have not been able to protect the quarterback at the level we want. This game was one of those. Um, and uh, if, had, had we been able to do that, I think we would have uh, had some more opportunities in the passing game. A lot of times we, don't really spend much time talking about special teams. I know you mentioned today you'd like to have maybe seen some longer punts, and obviously getting that that field goal would have been key. But in terms of just coverage and return game, did you like what you saw in terms of the hustle and what the guys were putting out there on special teams? Yeah, I thought guys like Stanley Thomas Oliver, uh, Frankie Louvu, Brandon Zilstra, Julian Stanford, uh, Sam Franklin. I thought those guys did a great job. You know, Harris was a great returner. He was one of our keys to victory to limit him. Um, you know, he caught a couple of line drive punts where he could have had big returns, but our guys covered and got him down and did a really nice job. Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay Sunday to wrap it up. Coach, what's it like? Because I'm guessing this is something that, that your college experience didn't really mirror, that you got a chance to play or you have to play uh, an excellent football team for the second time in three weeks. Um, yeah, you know, I, I did that once we played Oklahoma, then played them again in the Big 12 championship game. You know, I, I think uh, I think anytime you face Tom Brady, um, you have a chance to, A, play against the best, and that, that can only make you better. And then, B, you know, you learn something more about your team or you learn something more about yourself as a player. So, you know, we know them that, that they're, they're, they're fighting for seeding. You know, they're going to come out. They're playing this game to win. It's a great opportunity for us. You know, again, we'll see what COVID, you know, has for us in terms of who's available, who's not. But. It's a great opportunity for us to go out there and, and uh, look back at, you know, the game two weeks ago and, and see what see what it can do for us um, and see how we play this week uh, on their home turf. Um, they uh, they obviously are really good on defense, really good on offense and on special teams. So I think it's a it's it, it's a good opportunity for us to go play a great team late in the year and, and see if we can uh, play our best. Coach, is it a matter of also as you play Tampa Bay as winning in the trenches and moving uh, Tom Brady off his spot? Yeah, I mean, you know, really hard to do. I mean, they have a great offensive line, and he gets rid of the ball faster than anyone. You know, um, you know, I think I think the first game we played him was like two point oh, two point one. You know, just so good at what he does. So, so, so for us, uh, our defensive line is going to have to play the way they played last week. They're going to have to play with a tremendous get off and pad level, and uh, we'll have to stop their run game. You know, as you know, they had the long run against us last week, um, and uh, just opportunity for us to kind of you know clean some things up that we did in the first game we did a lot of good things in the first game and a couple of plays got away from us you know we'll have to do that we'll have to we'll have to clean that up this week of course this week's all about tampa bay coach and then after that it'll be into the off season what's uh let maybe the first couple of weeks look like when you get out of a season as you've started to identify but now you'll have more time to really delve into what you want the next edition of this panthers team to look like yeah, you know, I, you know me. I'm I'm only focused on this week and this game. You know, we'll, we'll meet with the guys on Monday afterwards and talk about the future and, you know, uh, you know, kind of next steps. But uh, right now, for us, you know, uh, today was a day to get in here, uh, 
you know, talk about the game yesterday, try to learn from it. Obviously, it, it was New Orleans. It was the Saints. It's someone that, you know, we're going to play twice a year, every year. We split versus them this year. Um, it's a good learning experience now. Let's go t- play Tampa Bay. And um, really, that's, you know, that's the only thing in our minds. Sounds good, Coach. Thanks for being on the show. Always a joy talking with you. And good luck this week in your preparations for the Bucks. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thank Coach. You. All right. Matt Rule on Panther Talk. We got broadcast roundtable upcoming. After that, Derek Brown. After that, Scott Fitter. It is jammed up like planes at O'Hare Airport on the runway. Jammed up. Talk. That's right. Now what? That's what now I'm what? About. We've seen a few planes in the last few days. I think we're good. Uh, way too many. Way too many. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll be back with more Panther Talk right after these messages on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the Happy Half Hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The Happy Half Hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, you know, I uh, thought, thought early on, kind of like the story of our season, you know, in the first half, our being able to adjust and play well offensively. I thought our defense played a good game the whole whole game, um, held them out of the end zone to that last drive in the fourth quarter. Um, but, uh, you know, offensively, just kind of wore down against, uh, you know, a really talented defense. Uh, they started playing a little bit more man, bringing some pressure, and unfortunately just weren't able to hold up. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We don't hit you with a lot of stats on the broadcast roundtable, but isn't it interesting, guys? The Panthers this year four and three with Christian McCaffrey, one and eight without, without him. him. He is a valuable game, piece. He's a he's a game changer. He he really is. Th- that young man is. You could be on any team, and he will change the face of that team. No doubt about it. I mean, you've only had him for 10 games in two years. That's 23 without by the end of the season and 10 with over a two-year period of time. And he's the centerpiece of what you're trying to build around. And you're not just like – he's not like Derrick Henry where he's just a great running back. He's an important part – maybe a guy that catches 10 passes in a game uh, quite often. So it's like Alvin Kamara at his best. Absolutely. You take him out of the lineup for the Saints yesterday. And they weren't explosive by any means yesesterday as an offensive unit overall, obviously. But take him away, and then what do they have? Exactly. With no Michael Thomas and when Kamara was out for a period of time. So it's difficult when you don't have really a, not just a Pro Bowl player, but a guy that was, uh, went healthy, almost a generational talent in terms of there was no other player doing to that level that, that what level. he was doing. Hopefully he can get back, of course. I want to talk about this, Eugene, during your time in, in the NFL. And, and Diva receivers, uh, as, as Eugene, you've counseled us, they can divide a locker room when they start worrying about their own stats. Uh, Antonio Brown was really good against the Panthers two weeks ago. And then we see the hard-to-watch theatrics oh, yes. yesterday against the Jets where he takes his jersey off, shoulder pads. Mike Evans trying to get him calmed down. Uh, what – and, we're, and I'm not bringing this up because he's an easy target right yes, now. We could say things about him. But, I mean, what emotions did that bring up for you as an, a member of his fraternity of NFL players when you saw that? You know, I didn't think of it from a diva standpoint. I thought of it from a mental health standpoint. Yeah. I really did. And I thought about when I saw him shirtless and then waving to the crowd, peace, doing the deuces and peace out and all that stuff, I thought that there was something wrong. And I'm no doctor at all, you know, um, 
I know I have some mental health issues in my own family. And seeing the erratic behavior and that type of behavior, I was like, I really think that he needs some help. And I think that whether it's Evans or someone's trying to go to his rescue and his side, I think he needs, to, he needs help. And it was interesting hearing Tom Brady's comment because he was talking about having compassion for. Mm-hmm. And I, I err on that side because we got CT, we got a number of things that militate against the football player, that the NFL's trying to clean up from concussions, all the type of things they're trying to, they're trying to go ahead and handle. I think that there's another component, mental health, that needs to be addressed. And I thought we saw it on display yesterday. I, and I, as we sit here today, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's being, as you said, is it something mental health or is he just being eccentric because he's also been doing a lot of posts like today about Ben Roethlisberger's last home game. Of course, being a teammate of his, he said, I'm not sure it's his last game. Uh, he did something uh, with a guy driving around yesterday and him talking about some other things. So I, I just, I, I err on the side of, I don't know. I don't know if he's just being eccentric, if he's being Dennis Rodman being crazy character, or if there is something actually wrong, I don't think we know the answer. Is it a combination of both? So it's a little bit hard to even make a comment on it, just uh, not knowing because, as you said, Tom Brady said, let's all just relax. He knows a few things. Uh, Bruce Arians even said, he, he, you know, wishes him the best. And he had to have him leave the field. He said he tried to get him twice to come onto the field. He didn't want to. Uh, and then he said to leave. And then that's what happened at that point. But we don't really know the answer. So it's a little bit hard to even formulate it was hard answer. To wa- it was hard to watch. It yeah. was it, and my heart sank for him, mm-hmm. you know, as a football player and, you know, in the fraternity of football, you never want to see – you want people to do their best and you want a player of that caliber to be at his best. And to have that moment, it, it was hard to watch and, and it, it was hurtful, you know, and I felt really for him. He'd caught three passes, I think, for 26 yards in the game. Apparently Bruce Arians came over to him and he'd had an ankle, wanted him to go in the game. He declined to go in the game. He said, no, I'm not going in. And then something – went wrong from there, Zoke. You know, I like both your words, the way you both said it. And, and you know, it's, if we just talk about what we know about, it's hard to say much because only he yes. probably really knows and what's just going on. From a football standpoint, you're losing to the Jets by two touchdowns. With all that happening, they come back and win the game. So, I mean, Amazing. kudos to them to pull it together. <laughs> I know they're playing the Jets, but, I mean, the Jets had them by two touchdowns. They're on the road, and they come back in focus and win the game just as – away from Antonio Brown to what the rest of the team accomplished. Well, in that here's moment. the one thing about the National Football League. The National Football League will go on with or without you. It doesn't matter. It's going on with or without you. You could be a super-duper star right now. Well, that super-duper star, somebody's going to have your number with their name on that on, on their back in, in the next five years or six years or ten years, however long your career lasts. Somebody else is going to be wearing your jersey unless you're a super-duper star and you gets retired. But that, that doesn't happen. The Jets trailed for about – 16 seconds in that game, 15 seconds. And it was the only tr- – they had to lead the entire way until Brady drove him down, 90-something yards. We were David Langton was kind of keeping track of it for us in the, in the booth at New Orleans. Brady's ability to concentrate. That, that throw, the, the pass that he made to uh, – that long pass down to kind of, the, to kind of seal the deal, I thought the free safety was going to make an interception, and he could not make the interception because – Brady got that ball out on great timing, and he put it with a free safety. Couldn't make a play. What you working with, Zoke? Uh, some injury updates brought to you by our friends at Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Sam Tecklenburg, Daryl Johnson returned from the COVID list. Of course, Stephon Gilmore still dealing with a groin injury, but as far as the football yesterday, Panthers came out in pretty good shape. Ortho Carolina, your care. Your way. Talking to Derek Brown earlier for this show. 
I was a little nervous because Derek can be quiet. And is, I thought, is this one of those interviews where I'm going to have to be loquacious enough for both of oh, us? Loquacity, I like that. Man. As it turned out. Watch out now. Not at all. Not at all. And you're going to enjoy hearing Derek Brown, big number 95, when Panther Talk continues next. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome are back for another season of Jordan and Jake. Each week, Jordan and Jake share their thoughts on Panthers news, take a trip down memory lane, and keep you updated on Jordan's farm and Jake's horses. Jordan and Jake and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, you know, I thought the defense played well. Um, I thought there were times under duress field position-wise. Uh, I think the two things, you know, obviously the, the, the touchdown, the field goal right before the half uh, was really difficult. Had a chance to intercept the ball. We dropped it, unfortunately. Uh, that could have maybe changed the game and changed the field. And um, uh, that last touchdown, you know. Um, so uh, it, it's hard on defense when, you know, you, you're, you know that every drive could be win- the, the, the one that wins or loses the game. But I thought they competed. They played hard. They stopped the run and uh, kept us in the game. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Silkey, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. All right, I gotta hold the microphone up to talk to big six five, three hundred something pound Derek Brown, interior lineman for the Carolina Panthers. Derek, thanks for being on the show. Before you came on with us, Matt Rule was saying he thought the D line played one of their better games on Sunday in New Orleans. How did you and the guys feel about it? Oh uh, man, you know, we felt like we had a decent game. Uh, we know going forth, you know, we got a big game coming up next week versus Tampa, you know. The offense line's really good, just like New Orleans. So I mean we're going back to face the same the same task again. Where's your game right now? Uh, my game isn't as consistent as I wanted to be, and you know I know that going forward that you know it has to improve, and you know mentally going into next year and going into the next game, then you know I I know what I need to do. Derek, are there technical aspects to uh, to defensive tackle play that most people might not be aware of? Yeah, I mean you know watching the games on TV is a lot different than you know during the. 80, 100 plays throughout the week to be able to f- fix the things that we need to and have the game plan installed. So it's a, it's a lot different going throughout the week, you know, doing this for a living and then, you know, watching it on TV. Does a typical play for you begin with your get off with your lower body, more with your hand placement? H- how do you evaluate it? Uh, I think, you know, hands, eyes, and feet for defensive linemen. Um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the, you know, the basic thing. But at the same time, you know, you got to, you mostly use your eyes. You try to recognize formations. You try to recognize what the running back is. You try to do all these different things before the snap. So it all it starts as soon as the offense break the huddle. Derek Brown on Panther Talk. A lot of noise out there when wins don't come. People get upset and fans and all that. Do you feel like you're still representing a united team in locker room, Derek? Yeah, definitely, man. We know all the outside noise is the outside noise, you know. When people, you know, have and feel a certain way about things, you know, as an organization and the team, how it should be, then, you know, everybody has an opinion. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we show up here every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning and don't get to see our families and don't get to go home until 6 p.m. every single day. So, I mean, it's a band of brothers in this locker room, and, you know, we're going to fight to the, la- to the, to the last, last game next week. Excellent. Good words. A couple last things we'll let you go. If my memory's correct, you were one of the early COVID guys about a year ago. Did you get very sick? Oh, uh, well, I never had COVID until this year. So this is my first time ever having COVID. Okay. Yeah. So did you do okay with it? Yeah, uh, I had had tough struggles in the first two, first two days. But, man, I was 
you know, felt like I was ready. But, uh, of course, I had to wait to clear and uh, get a negative test in order to be able to come back and play. Well, glad you got back. Last thing, uh, love talking to Dante Jackson about his kids and how fatherhood has changed him, matured him, seasoned him. How about in, in your life? Uh, man, I love it, man. I mean, I come here, work all day, and, you know, when I get to go home, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if you got a sack or a tackle or if you had a good practice or a bad practice. Kai and Kinsley greet me at the door, and, man, I just love that time at home with them. I mean, during the season, you know, it's one of those things you get very little of. So, you know, it's it's just especially at nighttime, man, it's most important for me to be able to go home and simple as sit down and have dinner with my family and give my kids a bath and be able to put them to sleep at nighttime. And I, I try to do it every single night I'm home. So, I mean, it's one of those things that's it's, it's just the love that is it's true love. Better let you get to it right now, man. It's getting late in the evening, so we'll let yeah. you get to it. Thank you, Derek, for your, the way you do your job and for visiting with us on Panther Talk. I appreciate it. Thank you. Panther Talk continues in just a moment. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Yeah, it was a challenge this week, you know, obviously with COVID and all those different things, but, you know, um, our guys, you know, no matter what the result, they all work hard, they all come in, they compete, they try to play hard. And when it gets to those next-level things, as you know, passing off a four-man twist, you know, uh, you know, uh, picking up, you know, two, being responsible for two guys in protection, you know, uh, big duel and all those things, uh, that takes a lot of time, a lot of work, and as guys slide around, there can be some difficulty in that. So um, we knew this was a great defense, one of the best defenses there is, tremendous rushers, and, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we still had a chance to kick a field goal to take the lead in the fourth quarter and just weren't able to make the plays down the stretch uh, to get it done. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. It's the Scott Fitterer show. We can't just jump right in. we got to prime the pump for this interview. We did that just a few minutes ago by talking to Derek Brown, defensive lineman, first-round draft pick, seventh overall, 2020, Scott. Seems like this young man off the field is maturing and seasoning. It's fun to see him grow. How's he doing on the field? He's really starting to mature, you know, He's always been a really talented guy, you know, big, fast, explosive, uh, just naturally talented. And he's starting to really work at his craft. You know, a few weeks ago, um, you know, coach sat him down for to start the game. And since then, he just came back and he's been playing lights out. And, you know, there was a play in the game just the other day where Kamara's, I think it was a screen pass down the sideline. And he runs about 20 yards and he catches up to Kamara and hits him right on the sideline. And it just shows the effort that he's playing with and the, the passion and that's what we want to see, and we love to see that late in the season. You know, I know uh, the season hasn't gone like the players have wanted, but to keep that effort level up and play with that intensity is great to see. Scott, is it your opinion? Do you mirror the opinion of, of head coach Matt Rule that the defensive front played one of its better games in a while yesterday in New Orleans? Absolutely. That's one of the best running backs in the league, and uh, they kept they kept stuff in the run, you know, and, and he can do a lot of, uh, a lot of damage in different ways. But with the way Frankie Lubu played on the edge, setting the edge and working through double teams, and Derek and Daquan and Yitor, all these guys played so well up front, there was nowhere to run. And that, those are the things we want to build on going into next year. You know, we've kind of rebuilt this defense. Uh, we're starting to see you know, some successes over there. And they played really well all season. 
and you know we're getting off the field they weren't out on the field you know 32 35 minutes where you can see what it's like when you play a balanced game so um, it was great to see uh, and I'm excited about our defense moving forward definitely Scott Fitterer on Panther talk how'd you feel about uh, Sam Darnold what he gave the the team yesterday he kept competing he took a lot of hits yesterday when he got the ball out quick and made the right reads the ball came out it was on time uh, with good velocity the offense had good rhythm at that point and then you know eventually the offensive line got a little bit overwhelmed they started playing games up front and Sam Tart started taking some hits and it's hard to play quarterback when you're on your back so much so I like the way he competed. You know, Sam's one of those guys that never says anything bad about anyone. He just gets up and plays ball, and that's what you got to do. Uh, and we're going to get better. We'll get better up front. Sam's going to get better. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep improving. This is a big offseason for everyone. No question. Um, and always enjoy your perspective on, you know, building a team and, and, and what it takes to be consistently good. Can an NFL team improve in the offensive line? fairly quickly even though it's that 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 sort of that hand in glove you know five guys working together yeah you you can it's hard because you have to, there's you know five guys that have to work together when we're in Seattle uh early on you know with uh, Walter Jones and we have Steve Hutchinson and Robbie Tobeck and Christian Gray those guys all played together then they were the same lineup for 16 games I think we've had 11 different lineups this year just on the offensive line. And that, that hurts in terms of communication and passing off blocks and just working together. Those guys have to be out there and working together. So as we add to this offensive line, which is going to be a priority for us this offseason, whether it's through free agency and the draft, I'm sure we'll have two or three new faces up front playing for us. Uh, you know, the consistency and the offseason of training together is what we need, and we'll be a lot better team. We have to build it up front. That's what we're going to do. Do you see Michael Jordan and Brady Christensen being part of the good good parts of, of the process, bricks in the wall moving forward? Yeah, I thought Brady played really well yesterday. You know, uh, he's going against, you know, a couple of really good defensive ends. Uh, you know, he gave a little ground a few times. But overall, I thought he stayed in front. Uh, he rode guys. He locked on them. He did well in the run game, did well in the pass game. And then uh, as far as Michael, um, Michael has the ability to play physical and dominate in the middle. He needs to be more consistent. He has to be more consistent with his technique and his angles. He's got the physical ability. But, uh, again, we talk about offseason all the time because we're heading into that. That's where he needs to improve. All right, a couple last things. We're going to cut you loose, let you get back to work, Scott Fitterer. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, twice in three weeks, it doesn't seem quite fair. What's it like uh, for a team to get ready to play another team, a good team like that, uh, So after having so recently gone against them? You know, we embrace it. You know, you're fresh. You know, you know what those guys are. You're going basically against the same lineup. You know, you know, it's not like it's early in the season and later in the season with different players and different injuries and different things. We know what they're going to do, and they know what they're going to do. It's just how, how do we correct what happened two weeks ago? How do we pick up these twists and games in the middle? And uh, I look forward to the, challenge, you know, the changes we make, how our guys compete, you know, seeing it a second time so close together. Definitely. Ought to be fun to go down there, try to rock their world. Uh, last thing, I'm thinking about your, you know, I, I reach out to you on your cell phone. You're always very prompt and all. You may have secret cell phones, burner phones, I don't know, for all these agents that call you. Do agents call you a lot? Is that part of your job is dealing with those, those guys and gals? It's nonstop, and it's part of the job. And, you know, it's a good part of the job because you want to build these relationships. I take the, uh, you know, kind of the, the look at it. It's not just for this one move. This is a relationship you're going to have with these agents over the next 10 years. So don't try to win the one deal and try to just get this one right. You're building a friendship, building trust over this time so you can get players down the road 
they know when you say something, you mean it, and it's, it's the truth. So it's very important to have good relationships with agents. That's why you're Scott Fitterer, why you trade in the currency of total respect throughout the league and why we love having you on the show. Thank you, Scott. We'll, we got one more of these, and uh, look forward to it next Monday. I appreciate it. Thank you. Just when you start getting happy that the Saints defense, Cameron Jordan, Christian Ringo, Shy Tuttle, Marcus Davenport, that front is in your rearview mirror. Now here comes Indomitian Sue, Vita wow. Vea, William wow. Goldston, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett. It don't, get, it don't get any easier. I don't know how many of those guys will be up. Probably a lot of them. Levante David, uh, Devin White at linebacker. They got a crew. And, and don't forget that they're going to watch a film of seven sacks. And so what they're going to be saying in that in, in in the meeting room is like, okay, dude, we get a snap, get get, a, get the snap count, make sure we get a read on what the center's doing, and go eat, just go eat. That's that, they're going to be saying to themselves, we should have about fifteen sacks. That's what they're telling themselves in that meeting room. That's a bad meeting room. Yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about some high level guys. That defense is playing well, and that defense is going to try to go ahead and eat. I mean, they got, obviously, injuries, and Chris Godwin's out for the season and dinged up like that. But I believe when the season began, they returned all 22 starters, right? Yes. From that Super Bowl team. That says, I mean, that's got to be unprecedented, first of all. that Most teams wouldn't want all 22 starters back from the year before. The fact that they got all 22 back off a Super Bowl team and, and got them all to come back in and, and play the bulk of the season there, it says a lot about what they got. And that's no. why it's going to be, excuse me, that's why it's going to be a fight. Thirty-two to six last time in that game. Thirty-two to six, and I'm not. I'm no means giving up on the Carolina Panthers. I'm just saying you better get ready for a fight because what they're saying in that locker room is that we're about to go ahead and destroy these guys. So get ready to fight. Another hyphenated defensive back too. So C.J. Gardner Johnson of uh, New Orleans, and now Sean Murphy Bunning of uh, <laughs> Way of to Tampa take the broadcaster's Bay. perspective on what matters in this game. <laughs> we all have our individual battles. There you go. Mick, that, as you uh, would know, hyphenated defensive backs are difficult to uh, spit out. Yeah. Zoc, as you would know, Ryan, S-U-C-C-O-P is pronounced suck up. Suck, suck up. up. Yeah, see, it's, it's not all South Carolina. Bro- South Carolina. You players thought y'all had it rough. It's broadcasting. Uh, it's doggy dog I mean, and vice versa. It is. You mess up suck up, it could go very sideways for you. That's right. You want to hear about it from Mrs. Suckup. <laughs> All right. We'll t- <laughs> or Mama Suckup. Oh, Mama Suckup. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It okay. Get, it's going to get better for me. Time for a break. <laughs> That's what we always wow, say. Wow, look at the time as we yeah, say this, Give us another chance. The show will improve dramatically after these messages. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mick, along with Eugene and the Zoke, we appreciate your your time here on Panther Talk. It means a lot to us. Know it's been a, a tough season all the way around. One game remains. Uh, when a team is is out of the playoffs, Eugene, and not going to the postseason, the goals are off the table. But yet, you still got a soldier out out there and play. I mean, you know, cowboy up if you will and play. Uh, what will the locker room discussions be like in the Panther locker room at practice this week to to try to be professionals and try to get this win? Well, th- they are professionals, and so they're going to go ahead and approach this game just like you approach every other game. Twenty four hour rule. Go ahead and get started where you're starting to think towards Tampa Bay. But the other thing that's looming is that a lot of these guys are playing for their job. They're playing to be on this team next year. Uh, they know that Coach Rule is going to have to evaluate and that evaluation is going to be a little bit more stringent than probably what it was 
when you made the team. They're going to be a little bit more Hawkeye-ish looking at what you did this season. They've been doing this ever since the, probably the Miami game, looking at saying whether you're going to be on this team. So this game is important for a number of guys that could be on that bubble, those special team guys, or some of the guys who can uh, who may young rookies. It's going to be a very special game. you got to show up. If you don't show up, your job is on the line. Make no mistake about it. It's and, on the line. And you only get, you know, even with the extra game in regular season, you only get 17 of these. So every game matters. You don't want to go into the off season on a losing streak if you can get the win. And the other thing is uh, for these guys, I mean, this evaluation, once you're eliminated from playoff contention, while well, that winning remains the main thing, you know, now it's like not only for here but anywhere in the league with the 32 yes, teams in does. the league, you know, you've got to show what you are as a player and how you, in times of adversity like this where you don't have playoffs on the line, how do you perform? What kind of a leader are you? Are you a four-quarter guy in a game like this? And that shows a lot to people. I remember when um, – Back in the day when the Panthers got uh, Jake DeLome, they brought him in from New Orleans. He wasn't really playing. He was on the bench. He was on the bench. They studied how he was on the bench, the way he interacted with his teammates, the way he was involved, the way he spoke with his teammates as a non-playing quarterback for a good chunk of that time in New Orleans down there. And that was a lot of what sold this franchise on bringing Jake DeLome in was his character, if you will, and just kind of who he is as a person on the sidelines, let alone as the way he played in that game. All kind of expressions have been born in uh, football, the eye in the sky. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> it doesn't lie. You can't make the club, club in the tub. from the tub. <laughs> That's right. Um, your, your best ability is availability. <laughs> yeah. Ron Rivera used to say, uh, if you try to see a lot, you see a little. You see a little. If you try to see a little, you see, you see a lot. This is Hallmark cards. I mean, this is uh, some good stuff here. You what, know, what was your one? Slow, then go, or what was your? Yeah, uh, at the at the – at the left tackle position, you have to be slow to lose. Well, that's Jordan Gross. That's saying, Jordan but Gross. You said one, though. You said be sl- uh, slow oh. until you know and, and then and, go. And, yes, be slow until you know and then go. Why are we telling you your phrases? My bad. These are your phrases. My phrases. Why'd you so, do Jordan Gross's phrases? I know. I like so, Jordan Gross's phrases. After the break, we're going to challenge Eugene. We're going to talk about Tom Brady for a second. Love him. And so Beast. without saying that you got to knock him off his spot, I'm going to ask you about defending Tom Brady, what works against a quarterback that has seen it all, done it all, and gets rid of the ball in two, somewhere between two seconds and 2.50 seconds. So stay tuned for Eugene's answer. Slow till you know, then there go. You go. Yeah. It'll be right after these messages. This is Panther Talk from the Langtonian Institute of Broadcasting Studios at Bank of America Stadium. Each week on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Say one quick thing before we get to Jeannie Rob with the questions is your, and that is nobody really cares, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I say nobody, I mean Panther fans, but... Uh, travel this year has been a lot harder uh, with COVID. Broadcast crews all across the NFL have uh, had to off-fly commercial. And to the hard analytical mind, that means nothing except for, I want to again say that uh, David Langton's done a marvelous job stepping into the breach, travel, flights, uh, rental cars. He's had to do a lot more uh, pushing cases around arenas that uh, used to be done by other people. So, DL, DL total, uh, total respect on that. And you've had a good year, so you got a chance to come back and make the team and next Rod- year. Ronda, think Ronda's been key. Ronda Shore, 
Exactly. Travel queen, Rhonda Shore. She's done great. Okay, what works against Tom Brady? He gets rid of the ball quickly. He knows exactly what coverage you're in before you know what you're in. Well, first of all, you got to get your hands up because the ball comes out very quickly, so make sure you put your hands up. You may be able to knock the ball down. But here it comes to you have to have tight coverage. You have to cover the receivers well. Uh, Tom Brady gets the ball out. He's made every receiver famous because he's been able to find a way to get them the ball. Uh, when zone on man, but when it's man-to-man coverage, you better be on your receiver because you have a chance to maybe knock the ball away. So stopping Tom Brady means you have to stop the receiver that you're covering, whether you're in man or zone. If in the zone, look that guy up and and travel him in man and then push him to the next zone. They're down some players still. I mean, they are. I mean, they'll get some back in the in the well, Evans is back. In Evans the was back as we saw in the field. Uh, yesterday, but they're hoping to get uh, Fournette back in, in the postseason at, at running back. So they're, they're dealing with a few pretty talented guys that were not out. Obviously, Antonio Brown is done. So um, it's going to be – that was the nemesis really in the last game. Ten catches, 101 mm-hmm. yards. They did not have Mike Evans for that yeah, game, but yeah. the, they did yesterday. Greatness changes things. Fame changes things. We're a society of stargazers. Officials officiated Michael Jordan differently. Other golfers reacted to Jack Nicklaus's name coming up on the leaderboard or Tiger Woods' name showing up on the leaderboard differently. Does Tom Brady yes. affect the <laughs> yes. game, the opponents, the officials in that same way? Absolutely, yes. Tom Brady is the guy. I don't care if he sneezes. I don't care if he wipes his nose. Somebody's paying attention to all that stuff. They're absolutely, because he changes the game. But it's well-deserved because he is the best quarterback. I mean, we took a the litany of quarterbacks. All the quarterbacks that do Montana uh, – Elway, every last quarterback. This is the best quarterback that we've seen in, in in decades. This is the guy, Tom Brady, no doubt about it. The defenses fear him, you think, Zoke? Um, they probably don't say it they out loud. They don't say it out loud. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they were uh, – I mean – the Super Bowl last year was a non-contest. They could have anything they wanted in the Super Bowl last year. So, yeah, I think they do. And I think Aaron Rodgers is in that category, yes, too. He and he'll be the MVP, I think, of this season. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting when we get past the next, who knows, with Tom Brady, right? Two, three years, let's put it that way, that we're going to lose guys like Brady, Aaron Rodgers. This is a golden era of some all-time great quarterbacks. Right now, Roethlisberger, this could very well be yeah. his last two games. And quickly, guys are saying, man, I played against Tom Brady. That's what they say. Deflate gate really didn't stick to him that no. much. It was kind of over and done with. Well, when you win how many Super Bowls? Eight? <laughs> Eight Super Bowls? It's amazing. That was just one moment of one thing. He got a lot of jewelry. Yes, he does. TB12. And he's planning on playing at 50 years old. My goodness. I wouldn't trade places with him, though, because he doesn't get to work with you two Joders on a regular basis like wow. that. No, no. We yeah. love that, How about Mick? that? We appreciate right. that. We would, totally, we would totally trade places. But. <laughs> I know you would. All right. For uh, Joder number one, Jim Zoki. For Joder number two, Eugene Robinson. This is Mick Mixon. We'll see you next week for another Panther Talk right here. This has 